Welcome to Newest, Latest, Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Monday, November 13th, 2017. First off today, I want to make a quick apology to everybody that listened to yesterday's episode. There was a, an error with the Anchor app, and uh, I inadvertently misordered uh, a couple of the segments that you may have gotten in the downloaded version, the uh, the podcast version of yesterday's newest, latest, best. Uh, specifically, I want to apologize to Tasha. I discussed her list before you heard her give her list. It was uh, the wrong order in the final version. So I apologize. I'll endeavor to not make that mistake in the future, but I really appreciate her sending in her list, as all of you do. Uh, and it was just a, a minor glitch. Uh, hopefully it didn't prevent you guys from enjoying that episode and enjoying her very cool list of top fives. It is Monday, so we're talking new video game releases for the week, starting with tomorrow, Tuesday, November 14th, with the release of LEGO Marvel Super Heroes 2 on all the platforms, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, Nintendo Switch. Uh, This is the latest LEGO game, LEGO games, uh, very specific formula, but they work. They're really fun. And we got all of the Marvel heroes coming back, a bunch of new ones. Interesting collection of Marvel heroes in Marvel Super Heroes 2. This time they're facing off against Kang the Conqueror, who threatens to destroy the LEGO Marvel multiverse. There's time travel and there's multiple realities. And there are a lot of LEGO bricks to stack and construct. You know it, you love it, you're probably getting it. LEGO Marvel Super Heroes 2 coming out tomorrow. I don't usually cover ports on the Monday rundown of new releases, but this is a particularly interesting week of high-profile games arriving on new platforms. So we are going to talk about some really interesting highlights, including tomorrow, Rocket League landing on Nintendo Switch. I think that's a match made in heaven. People love the Rocket League, and as long as they can get That online working smoothly on Nintendo Switch, I think playing Rocket League on the go on a handheld on the Switch will be lots and lots of fun. So that comes out tomorrow, as well as Batman the Telltale series arriving on Switch tomorrow. Telltale obviously had a rough week last week, laying off 25% of its workforce, but I think those Telltale Batman games are pretty interesting and playing them on Switch, I think, will be pretty compelling. Meanwhile, Injustice 2, one of, I think, the best fighting games ever made, with the best single-player story mode in a fighting game ever, a game we were just talking about a couple days ago because of the cool announcement of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming as DLC content. It is arriving on PC tomorrow, so PC gamers can crank up those settings and enjoy some awesome fighting game goodness in the DCU. And finally tomorrow, a port of a different kind, more like a, uh, a remaster and a revitalization of a much older game. L.A. Noir arrives on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. I think L.A. Noir is one of Rockstar's least appreciated games, and it'll be interesting to see if it can garner a new audience uh, with this remaster. 
updated resolutions, updated controls, especially on Switch, which is going to have some touchscreen controls. It's going to be interesting to see what people think of this game. Uh, it was really cool in its day. Is it outdated? Does it hold up? We'll see when it releases tomorrow, November 14th. And then Friday, November 17th, some gigantic releases hit, including Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon coming out on 3DS. New versions of Pokemon with new Pokemon to capture and evolve arriving on the uh, 3DS. Still no Pokemon on Switch, but I'm sure that's coming soon. And, of course, speaking of Switch, if you want a giant, enthralling, massive world to explore on the go, why not pick up Skyrim Elder Scrolls V? Skyrim arrives on Twitch on Friday the 17th. Maybe you've played it already. It's been released on every conceivable platform at this point. I'm going to dive in and play it again when it's released on PlayStation VR, also on Friday. But having played it at a Bethesda event uh, earlier this month on Switch, on a, a handheld device, I can say it plays really, really well on that device. It's pretty amazing how well it plays. And uh, if you want to revisit that game world or if there's any chance you never played it, I can't imagine a better device to be able to put in the hours required to enjoy an Elder Scrolls game than the Nintendo Switch. And then, of course, the biggest release of the week comes on Friday, November 17th as well. Star Wars Battlefront 2 arrives on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on Friday. It's got a new single-player campaign and an updated multiplayer world. Definitely still some controversy based on the beta weekend that they had this last weekend and how people perceive the monetization of the loot boxes and how you unlock heroes. They say to unlock Vader or Luke will each, each require 40 hours of grinding. That's pretty rough. We'll see if DICE does some adjustments on that based on fan outcry. But certainly this almost picture-perfect Star Wars world is a compelling one, one I'm very excited to play, especially now that I get to live some new Star Wars story with a really cool single-player campaign mode. Star Wars Battlefront 2 arriving on Friday, November 17th. The big news today continues to be the way that EA and DICE are handling the in-game economy with Star Wars Battlefront 2. Now, the game hasn't even come out yet. As I mentioned, it's coming out on Friday, but there was a big EA Access uh, way to play the game over the weekend, and people got a taste of what things might cost. In the aftermath of that, some Redditors put together a spreadsheet that let people know what kind of in-game playtime it might take to unlock the highest level characters, the most premium Star Wars characters like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. And based on the prices in the early access version and based on how long it takes to generate in-game currency in regular play, they came up with this figure of 40 hours of pure grinding in order to unlock each of those characters. So 40 hours for Vader, 40 hours for Luke which caused quite 
an uproar on Reddit, quite a backlash, to which DICE and EA responded that they wanted to maintain a premium on those high-end characters to give something for people to shoot for and to retain a sense of accomplishment and pride when they did get those high-level characters, which in turn was met with backlash and uproar from Reddit as people claimed, and rightly so, that those are sort of central characters to the Star Wars experience and putting them behind that kind of insane amount of time commitment and work really excludes them from the vast majority of gamers. There's also this issue of uh, the residual issue of loot boxes and the price of loot boxes and how that's tied to in-game progression. So all of this was the backdrop and kind of was the big story uh, until later on today when DICE responded to that criticism and outrage by doing something very surprising and drastic. Before the game has even launched, they announced that those the prices on those heroes has been slashed in-game 75%. This is a massive adjustment and kind of indicates that they have no idea what they're doing. While it's nice to know that DICE has certainly been listening to feedback based on early access, it does indicate also that they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants here with how they're pricing things. The the entire monetization system, the entire in-game currency doesn't feel finely balanced or tuned at all if they can slash it 75%. Now, I think a lot of people are going to be much happier that they'll be able to achieve and get some of those characters in a fraction of the time. And still, 75% of 40 hours is still a pretty decent time commitment. And maybe this is a good thing overall, but it just points to a complete disarray (laughs) inside the release of this game from my perspective. Now, I guess you can look at this as as being responsive and sensitive to a very vocal outrage from their community, but also it sets a pretty scary precedent that people can feel this outraged about things and yelling about it gets things done, not only gets things done, but kind of points to the fact that they didn't know what they were doing in the first place. So all of the outrage and I guess developers were getting death threats and all kinds of craziness, that that worked, and also that they didn't really have a plan in place themselves, that they, all of the worst things that crazy fanboys think about developers, which is they're just gouging them, was sort of reinforced by saying, yeah, Okay, whatever you want, 75% off. Ah, I'm I'm disturbed by this, and we're, we're going to keep following it. There's a lot as this game approaches development to consider. I, this is a crazy story. <laughs>